It's uh, great to have a full church on uh, this cold morning. Someone turned on the air conditioner today. It was cold. And uh, great to have a few hugs and loves. Wonderful. So if I could have the PowerPoint up, please, and uh, we will start pushing through. Wonderful. Da-da. And while they're just uh, getting that up, we will uh, just read uh, from our Bibles. If you have your Bibles, I've got my electronic one here today. John chapter 18. Excuse me. It's loading. That's, that's the good thing about those paper ones. They never get flat batteries, do they? <laughs> so I'm going to start reading uh, from John 18 verse 33. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Hear the word king. He asked him and Jesus replied, is this your question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and your leading priests have brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then he famously utters these uh, simple words, what is truth? Pilate asks. Then he went out again to the people and he told them, he is not guilty of any crime. So he's just been declared innocent by the judge. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at the Passover. Would you like me to release this king? See, king again king of the Jews but they shouted back no not this man we want Barabbas Barabbas was a revolutionary over the page to uh, chapter 19 then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a leaded whip a lead tipped whip and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and they put a purple robe on him hail king of the Jews They mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly, I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said famously in the Latin, Echo Homme, look, here is the man. When they said, uh, when they saw him, the leading priests and the temple guards began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. So you can see Pilate's trying to get off the hook here. Doesn't like what's happening. And the Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. And when Pilate heard this, he was even more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? 
But Jesus gave him no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have power to release you or crucify you? And then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greatest sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. And here there's a little bit of a barb in that. Anyone declares himself a king, say the word king, is a rebel against Caesar. When you see the word there, Caesar, understand that this is Kairos, this is Lord. When you say Lord Jesus, you're using that word Caesar, Kairos, Lord. And when they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. And Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stove pavement. In Hebrew, it's called the Gabbatha. And you can go to Jerusalem today and stand on that exact stone. It's still there. You can put your foot on where Jesus stood 2,000 years ago. That's, to me, mind-blowing. It was now about noon on the day of the preparation of the Passover, and Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king! Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. And then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. He went to a place of the skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. They nailed him between two thieves. Um, Two others were crucified with him, one on one side, one on either side. Sorry, slow down. We, we will leave that there. Okay, first slide. Okay. Can you read signs? I don't think anybody in the modern world reads signs, do they? So what does this sign say? <laughs> How many got it wrong the first time? Yeah, because your minds immediately fixed the problem, didn't it? So I've just proved the point. I've just proved the point. Slow down, Mike. We don't read science, do we? And uh, it's, it's a phenomenon. Often there's a, something that you don't want someone to do. You do want something to do things. So you put up a sign and it's ignored by everybody. So here's another sign here. Danger, jet blast of departing, arriving aircraft can cause severe physical harm, resulting in extreme bodily harm and or death. This is St. Martin. Every year, people die at this beach. Why? Because they don't read the sign. Did somebody say stupidity? (laughs) Well, what is it with people? I think I've told you before, you know, we're blessed to live close to the Serpentine National Park. Often our men's ministry will do a walk up to the top of the falls. It's not too bad a walk. Get your blood rate going up the top of the falls. There is a sign. Please do not jump people die and every year someone jumps off the falls and they die why can't we read the signs today i'm going to ask you another thing can you read the signs because jesus has left us a sign are you able to read the signs because if you don't you could end up dead forever 
Are you able to heed the signs, read the signs? Next slide, thank you. So we've just read that particular passage, John 18, 37 to 19, 22. I'll probably stop two verses shorter, that's okay. So that's our text for today. But now to the next slide. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about the titulus crucis. Turn to your neighbor, speak in tongues, and say titulus crucis. <laughs> it's Latin, and it simply means the uh, sign of the cross. And uh, here we have a version. It's interesting that uh, the Gospels say that this was written in three languages. It's one of the very first pieces of information from the ancient world that's translated into three different languages simultaneously. The top line is, of course, Hebrew. The second line is Greek. And the third line is Latin. So that's the titulus crucis. And uh, it was nailed above Jesus' head. Next uh, slide, thank you. Now this here, for some of the students who did Champions Code last year, you would know that we are now looking at the divine name of God. So this is the unpronounceable name for God as revealed firstly to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Know the story, Moses is out in the wilderness, he's looking after all the goats and the sheep, and he sees a a bush that catches on fire and it burns, but it's not consumed in the burning. And so he has some divine curiosity. May someone here today in the name of Jesus have a spark of divine curiosity. Amen? Because that might lead you on a journey to life. So instead of ignoring the bush, he goes up to see what's happening to the bush. As he approaches the bush, he hears a voice coming from that burning bush saying, Moses, take off your shoes. Where you stand is now holy. And he has an encounter with the living God. Amazing. And uh, this God says to him, from the middle of this burning bush, I want you to go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. To let my people go. And uh, Moses, well, what's your name? Who are you? And God reveals that his name is... And of course, this became unpronounceable. The Jews were very concerned that they didn't want to break the commandment to take the Lord's name in vain. So they got to a place where they would not pronounce this name and use the substitute, the word Adonai, they would substitute for that, which is why in your King James Bible, where you see the word Lord capitalized, it's a substitute for this divine name of God. It's four Hebrew letters, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, and we can probably guarantee that the last bit could be pronounced as Yah, because it's hallelujah. And so Yahweh, uh, Yahweh is probably then, because the vowels weren't there in the original text. But it's become the unpronounceable name of God. And in the ancient world, and still today, if you study the occult, not that I recommend you do so, but all of that is about knowing the name of your God, knowing that if you can name it, you can control it. And so the God of the Bible is uncontrollable. You can't name him. He is just the name. If you go to a Jewish synagogue today, they'll refer to Hashem, to the name of God. 
And literally, Hashem means the name. They call God the name. So here is the divine name of God. Next slide, thank you. Gave you a bit of a background. Now, in John's gospel, we have some interesting things. We won't go through all of them. But in John chapter 8, verse 27, it says, If you believe not that I am... Now, English Bibles will often put he there to give us better English understanding, but the he's not there in the original. This is huge, man. Unless you believe that I am, you are lost. You are dead. You have Jesus, flesh and blood, standing in front of his disciples, standing in front of the Jews, teaching. He says, unless you believe I am, you're lost. Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter what you've done, whether you've been really nice, you know, every telethon, given a donation. It matters. Do you believe that Jesus is? I am. Uh, next passage. Uh, next slide, thank you. Again, uh, just in the same chapter, before Abraham was, I am. See, Jesus did not come into existence on Christmas Day 2,000 years ago. Jesus simply changed forms. He was always God. He was in the beginning with God, was God, and is God. He's the creator of everything. But a miracle took place that this God chose to come into the form of a man. Now, all of other religion talks about man becoming God. But the Bible is about God becoming man. Emmanuel, God with us. Amazing. So, you know, how can you say these things? Well, before Abraham even, Abraham's the founder of the Jewish people. Before Abraham even was thought of, I am. Can you see there's something building here with his use of the expression in Greek, ego, a me, I am. Next slide, thank you. So now they're coming to arrest Jesus in the garden. Uh, John 18, who are you looking for? They replied, Jesus the Nazarene. And he told them, again, the he is there, been put in the English to help us with our understanding so it reads better, but it's not there in the Greek. It literally says, I am. Wow. Now Judas, the one who betrayed him, was standing there with them. And so Jesus said to them, I am. And they retreated and fell to the ground. These were armed soldiers. They're getting what's happening. This guy's just said he's, they've fallen prostrate. They don't understand it all, but they are really concerned here. Who are you looking for? Said Jesus the Nazarene. And he replied and he told them, I, I told you that I am. If you're looking for me, let these men go. Next slide. Thank you. So there's something going on here. And I just want you to pick out these two different verses here. So in verse 12, then Pilate tried to release Jesus, but the Jewish leaders shouted, if you release this man, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. So the Jewish Sanhedrin, the Jewish nation, had lost its power to execute people uh, as a result of the Roman occupation, lost it back in the Hasmonean. The, the Jews actually thought the word of God was broken 
because of their inability now to do certain parts of the law, including perform and execution. They want to kill Jesus because they see him as a threat to their own power base and uh, they consider him to have committed blasphemy because he's declared himself to be God in the flesh. So that's the Jews' deal. Now, the Romans don't want to have anything to do with this. Pilate's a bit annoyed. These guys, they want me to go kill this guy. I've had a look at him. Look, he's a bit funny. He's got some ideas, but I find no guilt. He's innocent. So Pilate literally wants to wash his hands, and he does eventually wash his hands of the whole deal because he does not want to have the blood of Jesus on his hands. And this is in the context of his wife having dreams and visions and all sorts of stuff going in the background. He doesn't want to do it. They have six trials. He's going backwards and forwards. Is there any way I don't have to do this thing of killing Jesus? And the Jews manipulate him by saying, Pilate, if you don't do this, we're going to tell Caesar that this man has presented himself as the king of the Jews. Anybody says he's a king is a rebel of the nation of against Rome. You see what the see how they're leveraging him to him? So we're gonna force your hand to kill this man by getting you to uh, acknowledge that you don't want this man to become be seen as a king, someone's gonna do uh, you know, an, an unrest, a rebellion, etc. And then down the bottom at verse 21 to 22, then the leading priests objected to the sign, the titulus crucis. They objected to the sign and said, Pilate, change it, change it from the king of the Jews, the king of the Jews, to he said, I am the king of the Jews. Now, hang on. That was exactly what they wanted to do, to get Jesus killed by making him pretend to be the king of the Jews. You know what I mean? Now, when... Pilate says, well, if that's what you want, then that's what we'll put on his, uh, his sign. So when people are walking past, we'll actually write that down. Now the cross, what's going on? Why are they cross? Why are they angry? They just got what they wanted. So can I spark some divine curiosity? Next slide. Oh, in Hebrew fonts are interesting. They're not the same fonts I had on my computer, <laughs> but that'll do. So unfortunately, it's thrown out their thing. So what they're looking at in Hebrew is Yeshua HaNazarene Vemelech Ha Hatimin Ha Israel. All right. That doesn't look particularly interesting for everybody, but I'll see what our next slide does. Okay. Now, if you then have a look at those first three letters, unfortunately my fonts aren't showing this particularly well for you. Next slide. Many of us would be uh, familiar with the Christian, the Latin inscription, Inri, which is your Latin, which is Jesus, Nazarene, Rex, Lidonum, king of the Jews. So there is this thought that uh, when they wrote out the inscription, it was actually done in actually in abbreviation form because it's a very long sentence to write it out in three things. So maybe it was just abbreviated. Maybe it was, maybe it isn't, doesn't really matter. But if you just use the Hebrew abbreviation, this is what you get. 
Boom. Next slide. Can you read the sign? Can you see why they said change it? Take it down? You can't do that. Because all of a sudden, all these Jews are looking at Yahweh on a cross. The book of Zechariah prophesied 700 years before that they would look upon him and that the one who pierced their side. This is God on a stick for you and for me. Often there's been this terrible anti-Semitism, this judgment about you know, the Jews because they said crucify him, crucify him. His blood is on our hands. Let us pay for it. You know that the Hebrew of that is damn. The Hebrew word for uh, judgment is blood, is damn. Damn is blood. So his blood be on us, damn, us, etc. But you want to know who's responsible for the death of Jesus? Blame. Blame me. Blame me. You know, it's, it's not all love and roses. Our sin sent God to the cross. Our failure to read the signs killed the, li- the living one. But the good news is, the gospel is, he didn't stay dead, hallelujah. He's come back. And can you read the signs today? Do you know that God, the creator of the universe, the one who invented rainbows, the one who invented the the color of a rose, the perfume of a rose, the the, the flavor of wasabi, the the, the length of the neck of a giraffe, that God, that God came to earth 2,000 years ago and he died on a cross because of my failures, my choices, My sin. If you don't believe that, then you should pick up a hammer and a pair of nails and know that you did that to him. You did that to him. There's something in the heart of God that wanted to fix sin, that wanted to change us all. So can you read the signs? Next slide. Thank you. So... Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among people by which you must be saved. And so the wonderful opportunity I have here today is for this Christian family and for friends and others who have come today is to let you know that Jesus loves you that he died for you, that all have sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard, Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That Romans chapter 10 that the word of God is near you even now. The word of God is near you even now. The word of God is near you even now. Even in your heart. And if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, it, it is to me fascinating. I'll, I'll get the team up now. We'll, we'll close. But uh, in that little movie, Jurassic Park, 
I, I like the fact big lizards get out occasionally. But the, the thought is that, you know, you get a little bit of amber and there's a little insect trapped in that amber. And they were able to like take that out, get the insect, and they found a little bit of dinosaur DNA in there. You remember that? And out of that, they're able to reproduce life. Friends, we, we, that's, that's a story. But do you know that God will bring every human being back to life one day? That he has the ability to restore your DNA? And it's, it's simply information. If I had a thumb drive now, you know, some of these thumb drives are up to 64 gigabyte now. It's amazing. You carry it around literally your thumb sort of USB drive. And then if I was to get your DNA, which is a very big number, it's about 7 billion zeros and ones altogether, but you are a number. We are all digital. You understand that? We now live in a digital age and we are more digital than what we ever believed we were. We could actually put your DNA onto that thumb drive. We could measure the weight of that thumb drive before we load it on your DNA. It might weigh, what, an ounce or something, something really, you know, a couple of grams. We could load all that information on there and it wouldn't change the weight at all. It's invisible. It weighs nothing. It's simply information. But you and I one day will hear a trumpet and God will call us back and that DNA will be reconstructed and we'll get to live forever and ever and ever. But you get to choose now where you want to live. You don't get to choose afterwards. You get to choose now where you want to live. You can live in a place called hell. Now, I really suspect there's no Bundy rum down there and there's just a lot of girls running around and it's just, I really suspect it's not like that at all. What I want to, what I want to tell you this is, if hell is any worse than what life can be here on planet earth, I don't want to go. Anybody had a taste of hell? Come on, be honest. Anyone had a taste of hell? Well, how would you like to live in that space every day, every minute, every hour for the rest of your existence? I wouldn't want to do that. Or, plan B, plan A, you can be with God. You can be with the creator of the cosmos. And I tell you what, it's going to be a lot more interesting than sitting on harps and playing, playing, sitting on harps, <laughs> sitting on clouds, playing harps. We'll create, we'll be able to play the piano, you'll be able to do amazing things. Creator of worlds, amazing stuff. But you have to choose now. You can't leave that. You could walk out this building and sadly get hit by lightning, run across and get hit by a car, and that would be your last opportunity. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and uh, we're going to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you left us signs. And that cross was the biggest plus sign that we've ever seen. Lord, you hung there to point the way. Lord, we thank you. You told us, Lord, don't be troubled. Let not your heart be disturbed. If you believe in God, also believe in me. In my father's family, I've made a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you that. You know where I'm going. And Thomas said, well, Thomas not excuse, says, Lord, we don't know the way. What's, what's the way to heaven? <laughs> and Jesus, you said, I am. Oh, hallelujah. 
I am. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And if you've never been in a place where you've been able to publicly declare your faith in Jesus, to surrender your life, I'm just going to ask you now, will you denounce the self-life? Will you denounce making your own decisions? Will you give up on being selfish and self-centered and say, God, come and be my saviour. Forgive me my faults. Take me home. All is forgiven. If that's you this morning, I'd like to give you that opportunity to have the best Easter ever. You know, all those Easter eggs are hollow for a reason. Because he's risen. And life's empty. And the grave's empty. If you'd like to receive Jesus Christ today as your personal Savior, would you do something really brave? Just stick up your hand where you're sitting. Just stick it straight up in the air. And it'll be my joy and privilege to pray with you to receive the gift. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Put down your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I've had a couple of people raise their hands. Is there someone else who'd just like to be included in this prayer? God bless you. Thank you. Put down your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I can't guarantee you'll ever have another opportunity. Don't let this one go. Perhaps you've been away from God. Made some bad choices. I can include you in this prayer as well. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A couple of more people. Thank you. Let's let's stand, shall we? All together. I'm just going to pray. Uh, can we help these folk by all praying together at the same time? Yeah, so thank you. Uh, dear Father, I invite you to come into my life. Change me on the inside forever by the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm sorry for what I've done. And I ask you to cleanse me, to renew me. I thank you that now I'm a child of God and that my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we do... Is it glorious day? That's not stretching us too much. Grab the music. Yes, I can I can do that for two seconds. Oh, yes, just... Uh, um, I'm really excited. Our youth ministry is going to be going up to the hospital at 11 o'clock to actually do a Good Friday service up there at the hospital, all officially sanctioned by our state government. So that's really positive. So if you'd like to go along, you're welcome to at 11 o'clock up at the chapel in our hospital. And it's great to have a full church on uh, day. I'm going to be preaching on Sunday, and 
I, I think it will be something you've never heard before in, on your, in your life. Because I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> Not real. Can you read the signs? Can you read the signs?